Welcome to the Unbroken Arrows podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Catherine. And our guest today is Dave Endicott. I first learned about Dave in late September, and he and his wife Esther own an 11-acre tract of land near Cotton, Minnesota, which is about 40 minutes from Duluth. They originally purchased this land on the Paleface River as a place for themselves to camp, but their focus changed. This is a story of how Camp Christopher, a place to heal and hope, begins. And we are honored to have Dave on our podcast today to share his story. Well, first of all, we would like to welcome you onto our podcast. Thank you for, uh, for hosting. I, I appreciate the invitation and, uh, and sharing the story. Um, and hopefully people can resonate with some of the pieces that come from it. Dave, when I first read about Camp Christopher, I had a, an idea bouncing around in my head about talking to my stepdaughter, Catherine, about starting a podcast about our story and the healing power of the outdoors. So I can confidently say that your story helped me start that conversation with her. And so your story kind of begins with your brother, Christopher, um, which the camp is named after, and he committed suicide a couple of years ago. Could you tell us a little bit about him and his story? Sure. Yeah. Well, first, uh, I love your story as well. And, and uh, I, I think a lot of folks have experienced loss in different ways, and we all have to find that path uh, as healing. So my brother was, uh, you know, at, if you go back probably four or five years, seemed to have the, the American dream life. He was a school administrator, had a wife, three kids, beautiful suburban home. And I don't totally understand all that happened, but he got himself into some pretty significant legal trouble. Uh, was uh, charged with five or six felonies dealing with cybercrime primarily um, and he ended up going to prison. And um, prior to going to prison, he had attempted suicide, uh, was fortunately unsuccessful and uh, was able to kind of put his life back together at least as best you can when you're in prison. Uh, he entered a program in prison, it's called a boot camp program. Uh, that allows you to shorten your sentence. It's a pretty rigorous, very difficult, physically and mentally challenging program. He ended up passing that program and was able to get out kind of under a supervised release. Um, and he came to live with us. Unfortunately, he kind of screwed up uh, within the first week of being at our house and confessed it, turned himself in and got thrown back into jail and just decided he could no longer live uh, with the fact that he might have to go back to prison and was going to miss the opportunity to continue to be a father and those kinds of things and ended up hanging himself in jail. Um, so he died by suicide just a little over two years ago. And it impacted us. My brother and I were seven years apart, so I don't know that we grew up exceptionally close. And when I was in college, my family, I went to school up in Moorhead, my family moved back down to Kansas where our family roots are. So we were a thousand miles apart. So I didn't really get to see him grow up. But the time that we had together, either visiting him while he was in prison or having him uh, at our house brought us pretty tight and pretty close along with my wife, Esther. And so it felt almost like, I don't know, like a child, but certainly a closer brother um, that we had lost and realized that we had to figure out how our how we ourselves were going to deal with that loss and the grieving and had no idea how that looked. 
Right, and and I guess the story of Camp Christopher um, is really a story of healing, and and that's uh, as you know, uh, with uh, Catherine's and my story, that's one of the things that that we're focusing on with this podcast, with with yeah. regard to being uh, enjoying the outdoors, being outside, and and of course, we also want to f- focus on helping people um, that may be thinking about. Um, hunting or uh, doing those things outdoors that they haven't done maybe up to this point in time in their life uh, and and help them get a start there. So, Catherine? So, you had kind of said that after he had passed away that you weren't really sure how you were going to move on through healing. Was Camp Christopher part of that focus? And what exactly, I guess, is your focus with Camp Christopher? Yeah, great question. Um, I, I, you know, I, and Greg, you come from an education background. I, I certainly was aware of the growing mental health needs um, in our communities, in our schools, with our families. What I've become uh, very aware of is, uh, during the Camp Christopher story, is how desperate people are for a safe space to share their story and to find a place to go and grieve, heal, pray, sing, shout, scream, whatever it is, they're, wherever they're at in their journey. So to be brutally honest, Catherine, we, um, we did not buy a Camp Christopher with having Camp Christopher in mind. We bought this piece of land, as Greg said in the intro, for a place for us to go camp. As I, was, I actually bought it for my wife as a birthday present. Uh, we'd been looking for years for a place on a river kind of up towards the North Shore. And uh, this place just kind of caught us. Um, we uh, realized, though, as I was driving home from actually signing the papers to buy it, we are also caretakers. We live on the farm where my wife grew up. My mother-in-law lives in the house right next door to us. We happen to live in a yurt on that farm. Um, so we're just kind of weird people all around. But um, but we, uh, as I was coming home, I realized we're not going to get to use this space very much. It's this beautiful space, 11 acres on this river. And that just seemed like a shame that we had this beautiful create creation that just was going to be sitting empty for the most part. So I just really on a whim threw a Facebook post out that just said, if you've struggled with mental health yourself, if you've dealt with somebody that has died by suicide, we have a space that we would love to share with you. If you'd like to come and camp, it has no running water. There's no, there's no tent cabin. I mean, it, it really is a rustic experience. But feel free to let, reach out, let us know. Kind of expected, like most of my Facebook posts, you know, 10 friends will read it, five will make a stupid comment, and it'll be done. Well, the post ended up getting shared 10,000 times. And within a period of about 10 days, we ended up filling every single day from the middle of May to the middle of October um, with folks that had experienced some type of loss or had themselves been challenged with some mental health pieces and just needed a space. And, uh, and that's where the Camp Christopher story kind of just exploded on us, to be honest, totally out of the blue. And it has been this incredible community of people. And, and I, Esther and I would tell you over and over again, we have received far more from it than we have been able to give from it because of the beautiful people we've met through, through that experience. Sure. So, so you said you made a few posts on Facebook, and so did you have any idea that you'd get that kind of response? Oh, gosh, no. I made one post, really put it out there as, hey, we've got a piece of property. And then all of a sudden, I was getting all these people emailing, Facebook messaging, 
my buddies, my friends were saying, do you know this thing's going viral on you? So what do you mean that I have friends that live in California that are sending me a message tell, tell them, Hey, did you hear about this place? And I'm going, I know those people. Oh, <laughs> um, really? So yeah, just, uh, it, it just really has blown our minds um, and just overwhelmed us in a really positive way. You said you were booked up for the whole season. Do you have like a ballpark idea of how many visitors you actually had? Oh, gosh, you know, I was going to add that up for you. Um, I would venture to guess we probably had, because we limited it to one family at a time. Sometimes it was extended family that came um, because we just thought people might need that space to themselves. So, you know, it was, it was, and it was seven days a week that it was being used for, what, six, 10, 14, 20 some weeks. So I would guess, 250 people maybe oh wow yeah that's awesome did you get a chance to visit with many of those guests a few of them you know uh, uh, most of them via facebook messenger or on email some people we have a website we had a person that volunteered to create a shell of a website that i manage poorly but we have a website that some people send messages there and then we've met a few people we've also had a number of people that have volunteered um, and we've met some of them um, that they've gone to help mow or to help with the cleanup day and those kinds of things. We've also had, um, so there's an old school in Cotton that I think they closed in 2009, 2010. And some community members have kind of taken over the building and created a social service hub for their community and their area. And they've offered free showers and water for anybody that stays at Camp Christopher. Um, we've just had all kinds of different pieces like that. And we've had the chance to meet with those different folks and just partially heartbreaking because some of the stories are just, just really wrenchy at you, but all of them just beautiful, compassionate people. And I will say every single person that stayed at the camp did something to make it better for the next family. Uh, it's just been a remarkable community piece that's happened. That's, that's what I read. And, and I guess the best way I could describe it is kind of a pass it forward um, type of approach that people evidently took um, uh, with staying there. So what kinds of those random acts of kindness uh, did those folks uh, um, do? What types of things yeah. did they? Right. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because early on there was a couple of Facebook comments that were like, well, I hope nobody screws this up for everybody and wrecks the land and does all this stuff. And we were never there's not a lot to wreck for one, but we were never real worried about it. And, you know, it started with the first couple that came there and they had both had losses of, of uh, family members through suicide, but they came and they split wood, they split enough wood and stacked it that basically got us through the whole summer. Um, and then the next couple came and they mowed the lawn and they planted some flowers. And then there was another family that painted some rocks and, and made kind of a memorial rock garden and then left paint for other people to, to do that. Um, number of people that helped mow. Um, we had people that, we had some stuff that we need some junk, we needed moved out of there. They moved it out for us. Uh, and, and it just kept going like that. Some more people planning stuff, some people donating a small grill, somebody donating matches for, I mean, sometimes it was very small, sometimes it was bigger, but it was all just straight from the heart and just, you could tell that they were like 
we want this place to have the impact it had for us on others and even make it better. Um, we have a journal that we have in, in a shed that we store some stuff in. And people have shared their stories in the journal. And it's just, you sit and read it and, and you got tears in your eyes and your heart just swelling with, wow, what an incredible experience to have these people that have gone through very difficult times in their life, just willing to share themselves and to share with others. Um, powerful. So other than these activities, I guess that they're doing to pass things forward, like you said, painting rocks, mowing the lawn, um, what else did your campers partake in this past year? Is there, I mean, you said you're by a river, so maybe fishing, swimming, was there anything really that stuck out? There was some that, you know, the river, when we, well, the first time we saw the land, it was covered in three feet of snow. Um, <laughs> the next time we went, it was flooded um, with one of the worst floods they've had in, in, in many, many years. And then the next time we went, it was a drought. So the river was barely flowing. <laughs> um, but uh, so we kind of seen it all. But some people have kayaked. Um, there's what's called Sac Zimbog, which is kind of an international birding site. It's only about 10, 15 miles away. Uh, I know some folks went and walked some of the Sac Zimbog trails to go birding um, and experience some of the wildlife. A lot of folks just hung out. They just um, had campfires, did picnics, played some games outside. We have since I, I've had donated um, a beanbag toss game that we got two of them now that people will have for next summer. Um, but I think they really just, a lot of it was just focused on spending time with themselves, just listening to birds, listening to the river flow and spending time with family and just sharing the stories of maybe a lost loved one or sharing their own struggles and how these folks have helped them through those moments. Um, but there's, you know, you could, you're 40 minutes from Duluth. You're not far from the North shore. I know some folks went up and explored that area. Um, those kinds of things. So it's kind of a nice location. If you want to just sit and chill, that's certainly there for you. Um, if you want to go explore, there's plenty to explore, not too far away. And that's that's what I was thinking about with regard to people that want to truly relax, reflect. Um, there aren't going to be uh, any of those, uh, say, commercial activities. It is a place to camp. It is a place to relax. Um, and if you if you, I, I'm guessing that if you don't do well um, without a schedule maybe this wouldn't be the the place for you to go. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. We've been really intentional to leave it open to, uh, we say this in our church for communion, whoever you are, wherever you are, however you are, all are welcome. And we we intend that at our place as well. No matter where you're at in your journey, this grief journey is an endless one. It's not one that you'd suddenly come to an end and you just go, yep, okay, everything's good. You, you always are going through moments, at least in my experience and in visiting with others. And so this is really that place where no matter where you are in that journey or with your own mental health, you can come here and just be who you are. If you need to go and pray, go pray. If you need to sing, go sing. If you need to go swear at the river, go swear at the river. Do whatever it is that's going to help you continue to move towards a healthy life for yourself and for those around you. Yeah, that's fantastic. I was going to ask you what kind of feedback you've received, but it all sounds very positive. Um, anything specific that kind of has stood out from the people that have stayed there? Oh, gosh. I, yeah, I should have pulled up some of the notes. 
we have never received a negative comment and now whether people are just being you know being nice um and, and not fearing or uh but i i honestly believe everybody had an experience that it, for many was life-changing um we you know some of the pieces we heard was this is the first time my sister and i was a couple sisters that went and stayed there they had lost uh one of their siblings to, to suicide a number of years ago but they said this was the first time we've really had a chance to laugh, to cry, to really just heal together through this experience. Um, we've had families that um, one mom brought her kids, her her brother had died by suicide and was an outdoors enthusiast. I love what you're saying about the outdoor stuff, Craig, and loved to camp. And so they had some of his camping equipment and she got to take her kids and talk about their uncle and how much they missed him and used some of his camping equipment during that experience. Uh, and kind of everything in between. We've had a couple that hasn't stayed there but has volunteered. They're, they're donating some wood. They've done some mowing of the lawn. They lost their son to suicide about a year ago. And they have just talked about this place is the place that has helped us move forward in our own grief journey. And while we still hurt, we still cry, we still have this hole in our heart, we have found a place that really has helped us just move together as, as a mom and dad that lost a child. Uh, and so it's been those kinds of pieces over and over and over again. And you just sit, and I don't know how many times my wife and I have sat here and I read to her the comments and the stories and we cry and we hug and say, I love you. And just give thanks that we're just a small thing that we can do that hopefully is impacting positively. Well, you, you may say it's a small thing, but, but the other piece of this, uh, if I understand correctly, is the people that, that stay at Camp Christopher, it's free of charge, correct? That is correct, yeah. And that, uh, that in and of itself is, you know, there are, as again, the, the background that we share in, in terms of education, there are sometimes that is a limiting factor with regard to people uh, and being able to um, take the time maybe to get away. So that that in and of itself is is quite uh, honorable uh, for you and Esther that you're doing. Um, it, I'm going to change the the direction here just for a second, Dave. But yeah. uh, and I'm going to preface this by saying I am a potluck guy. So I read, I read that you planned a community potluck picnic uh, there toward the end of October to close out the season. Uh, how was the turnout for that event? Well, it, it, was, it was in mid-October, so I, I think we hit MEA break, which is our education break in Minnesota, uh, where everybody's gone. Uh, the teachers have off Thursday, Friday, and schools are oh, closed sure. and mm-hmm. um, all that kind of thing. Uh, so I don't think we planned it real well uh, as far as timing goes. Uh, it was really meant just for us to kind of close up the camp for the summer, for the winter. But uh, it was primarily family members. We did have, it was really cool. We had a couple from uh, that live in Cotton that had really experienced the, the things that we've been trying to support, but had heard about it and wanted to meet us and wanted, and they came and brought food for the potluck and sat with us and just, we sat and just told each other our stories and, and, uh, it was just a really, and they're like, well, you need anything. We're right here. We're happy to help with whatever. 
Um, so I, I will say in general, it was a bust. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we didn't, we didn't have any of the campers, any of the other folks show up for it. Um, but, uh, but we had a cool experience because partially because we had family, um, we've taken my mom up there. Uh, you know, I, sometimes you get trapped in your own thoughts and processes and I, I, I lost a sibling. I can't imagine losing a child and my mom lost a child. And uh, so we took her up there for a and we planted a tree in memory of my brother. Um, this is going to get more detailed than you guys probably want. And you could probably say, okay, we're going to cut this out. But um, my, my history of my family, the first governor of the colony of Massachusetts was John Endicott. And it was a I don't know, eighth grandfather of mine. Um, and he, he brought over from England with him. Um, he brought over a pear tree that is still living today outside of Boston. Uh, and it's now a hospital site, but it used to be his old farm site. And one of my distant relatives is a horticulturalist and has grafted um, from that original tree. And you can, uh, if you're members of this genealogical group, you can buy um, a graft of the Endicott pear tree. So my mom was able to plant an Endicott pear tree in memory of my brother uh, at Camp Christopher. And then she was able to come back for that weekend and see how that tree was doing and just for her own healing, um, be able to see a positive impact that my brother's life is having uh, on others as well. Now, that's an amazing story. That The history is, is just almost uh, unbelievable, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's pretty crazy. And it, that Mother's Day, we brought both of our moms up and it was really a, just a meaningful time for Esther and I to just have both our moms come and experience this space and see what it was about. And uh, her, her mom, my mother-in-law's 90, came from Germany and we didn't know if she, she wasn't real thrilled about being there for a while. And then she went and sat down by the river and I didn't know if we were going to get her out of there. Uh, she just wanted to sit and experience the river and do it. And it was just really cool to see the transformation and know that that's what's happening for other folks as well. Yeah, there there isn't anything quite as, as healing or therapeutic as just listening to the running water of a creek or a river. Yeah. Um, uh, that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. But uh, as, a, as a potluck guy here again, Dave, I just, I don't want you to give <laughs> up on that idea. That's... Uh, Next time you and Catherine are going to have to make the, the trip up and... Uh, and, and enjoy the potluck with us. Don't count us out. I would say me. I love food just as much as the next person. So <laughs> consider yourselves invited. Well, we'll thank probably you. have one in the spring when we open back up in May. So we'll well we'll wait till you're done with finals, Catherine, and then you can come up. Perfect. <laughs> hey, a couple of questions about uh, uh, the future. You are planning a second season, correct? Yeah, we are. Uh, we really were using this year as kind of uh, let's see how it goes. And it went uh, way beyond our imaginations uh, in all aspects, just uh, in such a positive way. So we're going to start taking reservations in January. Um, as of right now, we're going to do it the old fashioned way that we did last year. And that is basically people email me uh, when they would like to reserve the camp. I'll have a a calendar up on the website that they can see when it's available. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll send them the information. Um, so I email and respond to every single, I, I can't even imagine how many 
probably a thousand emails and Facebook messages and website messages that I responded to this year. Um, and so I, I, I usually try to respond within 24 hours to everybody. Uh, and then I, I get their spot reserved if it's available or let them know it's not and see if there's alternative date. One of the things we might do different this year is last year we limited it to just one family. There is plenty of space that you could spread out and have two or three families at us there at a time and not really be in each other's way. Um, but I think what we'll do is we'll reserve it for whoever wants to come stay and then ask, ask them, are you open to other people staying there? So because we turned down probably two or three times as many as we accepted oh, um, wow. for, for the site. So trying to see if we can impact lives in a little more with more people being able to stay there. But I don't want to take away from folks folks own needs for space so we'll give the first people that prior that take it let them prioritize whether they want it for themselves or whether they're open to others stay in there as well okay so you uh your season ends up middle october or so when do you uh, begin the camp season there knowing a little bit about that part of minnesota it can't be too early <laughs> yeah i we're probably middle of may um, if, you know, right now the way winter's going, right, you know, maybe it could open early. We probably could have stayed open another good month or more the way that winter has gone for us this year. Um, but, uh, somewhere in the beginning, the middle of May, uh, is probably where we would open up. Um, you know, for, especially since we don't have a cabin, there's, you know, if, if for tent camping, still pretty chilly at night, some folks don't want to be. You know, don't want to brave the, the elements quite like that. Um, so we'll kind of, I'm still kind of feeling that out, but in May sometime. Okay. Well, that's like my favorite part of the season, right? When it's still cold at night, but it gets up to like 60 during the day. I'm with you. That's the yeah. best. Well, uh, and there's no mosquitoes because oh, right? uh, we, we do breed mosquitoes pretty well there. Um, so we <laughs> We do have a screen, a screen gazebo, um, so folks can sit, kind of be outside. It faces towards the river, uh, and it's on a deck, so they can they can be somewhat protected from uh, the uh, the bloodthirsty mosquito. So at least for a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, we asked you a lot about everyone who has stayed um, at your camp, but what about you guys? How has this process helped you in your journey with Christopher? Yeah, you know, I think, and, and Esther, I, I wish she was here because um, I think for both of us, it, I think for both of us, part of our healing is being able to reach out and help others. And this has provided us that opportunity to do that. And it's also opened up the conversations between the two of us to, to just talk about our real feelings and how we're doing and being brutally honest with this is where we're at because we've had all these people be brutally honest with us. Um, and so in that respect, I mean, we've been married, we're coming up on 40 years. Congratulations. I think it's, yeah. Thank you. It's probably the most honest and open we've ever been with each other in that 40 years. I don't know if that's good or bad, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but it, it has given a chance. And I think, we still have those moments where, and, and they're different for each of us when that time hits. Um, you know, I, I had one of my social work friends when I worked at the college that explained that 
it's grief waves, not really steps, that there's these waves that hit, and sometimes it's low tide and you're cruising along pretty well, and sometimes high tide hits. And it can be at the most unexpected times. And we've been able to recognize that for each other and help each other through those moments together. Um, as I said earlier, I, it has been maybe the most, I've had a lot of great experiences in my life through education and through all kinds of different pieces. Probably the most impactful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And that we could share it together is just, just means the world. And we have, it, it truly, I, I, you know, we use the word community pretty loosely sometimes. There is truly a community, a Camp Christopher community, that is just a beautiful thing. And, and we were at a restaurant, I was eating at a restaurant oh, a month or two ago and having supper in Brainerd and young gal walks up, and says, Dave, hi. I've never met her in person, but it ended up being a gal and her family that had stayed at Camp Christopher and had a, had a really tough story to tell. And she just came up and said, it is so nice. I feel the connection. I felt it before, but now I get to see you in person too. And so you, those experiences that you just, you just get overwhelmed. I mean, it, it is um, the great, it's abundant grace that just overflows. Yeah. What you were referring to, I call, I call those ambush moments. And yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the things uh, that uh, Catherine's mother, uh, Stephanie and I, um, have talked about in the past. It's and 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 even now, but uh, it's sometimes if you haven't experienced uh, some of these types of events in your life, um, it might be difficult to talk with somebody. But when you have that type of experience in common, you you really start to 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 feel that uh, as you say community. You, you, yeah. you understand, you, you can listen, you can empathize. And, um, that is so important in the healing process that, that, uh, that you realize you're not alone. You're not the yeah. only one. Oh, it's so true. And you get to be real. You, I mean, it, it's the worst and all, you know, it just, this, this is who we are. We come just, you know, we're, we're screwed up and, uh, you know, we'll be screwed up with you. Um, you know, and the other to that and going back to your question Catherine is Esther and I have always the North Shore has been kind of that place where we go and we just feel I don't know that Zen moment that vibe that whatever you however you want to describe it for us we call it a God thing where we just feel that presence and that grace and that love and the last time we went to Camp Chris and we were we, it was for our anniversary we were going to go up to the North Shore and stay at a stay at a lodge up there and we didn't want to leave Camp Crest. And so I, I would have never, I would have told you, there's no way in the world there was ever a place that would have kept me from wanting to go to the North Shore. And this place just grabs you and has a spirit about it that just lets you breathe it in and live it and just just experience it. You know, you mentioned that uh, Zen, um, the, the place or the area that puts you into that Zen moods, that Zen moment. Um, you know, you mentioned living in a yurt, and yeah. and I've heard a lot of people that are doing of that, do of people doing that uh, more often over the years. 
so how long have you been living in the yurt, and is is there a story behind that decision? To uh... <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad to hear there's others because we're pretty much uh, feeling like we might be the only people crazy enough to do this. Um, we've been in it a year, almost exactly a year. Um, what what kind of transpired? I was uh, looking at getting closer to retiring. I'm failing at it pretty well right now, but. Um, retiring from education, I've been in education 30 years and just knew it was time um, to, to do some different things. We also had a granddaughter that was born a year ago in August that lives in Indiana and it was, okay, can we create some time and space to play grandpa and grandma? Um, and we lived on, we still lived on this same farmstead. Um, it was with 40 acres. 10 years ago, we split 35 acres off and built a house and then left the main house where my mother-in-law still lives and the old barn and stuff and five acres separate from that. And I sell real estate on the side as well and knew that the market was right and that we could sell our house pretty quickly at a stupid price and basically pay off all our debts and be in a better position for a retirement down the road. And uh, so we did that. And then we looked at, we knew we wanted to go smaller Um, We knew we had the farmhouse where her mom lives that, uh, you know, could eventually be our home as well. And so we looked at tiny homes. We looked at converting the barn into a tiny home. We looked at converting the garage into a tiny home and went and looked at a couple of yurts that are being used as classrooms um, and thought, you know what, we could do that and happened to have a company that was uh, in a town nearby that was making yurts all of a sudden. And uh, so we did it <laughs> and we've loved it. Uh, I've absolutely loved living in it. Uh, it's, you know, it's one bedroom, one bath, 630 square feet. And uh, we absolutely have enjoyed every moment of it. It sounds perfect for the two of you. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And we've got the house right next to us. So when family comes to stay, um, we get to kick them out over there. So. Okay. So Dave, how or should I say, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you with regard to uh, maybe getting questions answered about yeah. Camp Christopher or maybe making a reservation? Sure. Yeah. So there's a few different ways to go. One is our website, which is campchriscotton.com. Okay. Or you can, email, you can email me at campchriscotton at gmail.com. Yeah. And then we also have a Facebook page um, for Camp Chris um, that um, there is another Camp Christopher that's a I think a Catholic camp out east somewhere. Uh, So you have to make sure you get the right Camp Christopher. But um, we do have a Facebook page, too. So I try to whenever I'm doing updates or blogs or anything like that, I, I put them out on email. I put them out on the on the website and on the Facebook page. So. Um, everybody can get the same info in a, in a variety of ways. Okay. And as I mentioned before, the it is free of charge, uh, but I did yeah. note on your website that uh, you have a, a statement saying that for those that want to make a financial contribution, you direct them to the National Alliance of Mental Illness of Minnesota. And I did access that site, and there are many resources available. They're and, wonderful. And, and the reason I say that is part of what Catherine and I want to, to reinforce to those that listen to the Unbroken Arrows podcast is that there are resources available to those that are struggling with depression, mental illness, or having yep. thoughts of suicide. 
So um, one of the things that, again, as a school administrator, um, communicating and making those resources available. So if you or someone, and I'm talking to our listeners now, so if you or someone you know is thinking of suicide or in need of crisis intervention, call the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988. Suicide and Crisis Lifeline 988 is a national effort organized by the state level uh, to meet the growing need for crisis intervention and to save lives. So um, one of the things that we, like I said, we're going to try to reinforce throughout. We want people to heal. We want people to live life to the fullest and understand that there are many of us out there that go through those peaks and valleys. And if we can help anybody uh, by telling the stories that we have, we want to be able to do that. So, so Dave, is there anything yeah. else about... Uh, Camp Christopher, that uh, you'd like to share? No, I, I I appreciate what you guys are doing here, and thank you for sharing that number. And those, I, you know, just for people to know, you're not alone. Um, you are worth it. You are needed. And I, I always tell folks, I'm not a counselor, but if you need um, a listening ear, just need to write a story and send it. Uh, I'm more than willing. And, and uh, hopefully, if you need a resource, we can connect you there too. Um, but love what you guys are doing. I love the name. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the podcast in the future. So, yeah. Dave, thank you for your time. We really appreciate it and, and give Esther our best, and we, we sure hope to meet you. you soon. We'll get you up to a potluck for sure. <laughs> I'm banking on it. We'll bring food. <laughs> That's right. That sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thanks, thank Dave. You. So to all our listeners... Take some time to get outside, get outdoors, and experience its healing powers for you as well. With that, until next time.